Hello and welcome to episode 1235 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is Thursday, December 7th. I'm your host, Paul Sporer. Joined this afternoon by Justin Mason. Justin, happy Juan Soto Day. How you doing? John Soto Day. Wait, did someone call him John? Oh, the New York Yankees tweeted out John Soto's, uh, hearing John, John Soto's heading to the Yankees as a, uh, because this was a year ago that, uh, there's arson um, judge moment. Arson judge. Oh, happened. okay. So yeah. it was on purpose. Yeah, it was on purpose. Okay. It's yeah. very funny. That's very funny. Okay. Yeah. That's good. That's good. I like it. I like it. I'd missed it. I'd missed it, but that's clever. I like that. Um, you know, the, we're going all moves today is special Thursday episode. We're going to be incorporating an, a midweek episode consistently. Today's just six moves or, or, um, really the, the big trade, which takes up two bullet points and then four other moves that happen. That's going to be the driver of what we've got going on today and so let's of course start with the Juan Soto move he has moved to the Yankees for you know let's be honest we're going to talk about at least one of the guys that a lot of people like I count myself among them but this is a a bit of a poo-poo platter for Juan <laughs> GD Soto I'm not gonna start dropping uh swears too early in the episode here but like th this is some BS but anyway Soto and Grisham are going it's a big money drop Part of that is because of the $60 million that they lost due to the TV uh, rights situation. MLB like covered them during this year, but now they have like a $60, $60 million uh, you know, black hole in their budget. Shouts to Joe Sheehan explaining that in the Joe Sheehan newsletter. You should subscribe to it. It's wonderful mm -hmm. reading. Um, damn near every day during the season and all, all throughout the offseason. Sometimes mine pile up, so I'll have three on a given day, but uh, the Joe Sheehan newsletter can't recommend it enough. He covered all that in detail, so that's where I got the Cliffs notes on it. Uh, but yeah, so this is a money dump in addition to obviously a big talent going to New York too. And the return is Michael King. That's the guy that we're going to care about. Drew Thorpe, Johnny Brito, Randy Vasquez, and Kyle Higashioka. We can talk more about them in a moment. We'll get into the, to the guys going to the Padres. We have to start with Soto going to the Yankees. First things first... Where were you taking Soto before yesterday? Where 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 was your top consideration for him? You've done three four drafts. Uh, by the way, you're on the clock in our in our Gladiator right now. Um, so you've done a handful of different drafts of different types, DCs and Gladiators. Where were you taking Soto before this? And you can say you were anticipating a trade, so you had him here, there, or the other. But where was this? Where was he going before yesterday? For you, um, not not, not an ADP. Sorry. I was taking him toward, I'd be willing to take him towards the back end of the first round. Um, and, uh, but standard league, it doesn't have to be yeah, ADP for you. Yeah. I think in, uh, I think, was it our, I think there was a league I got him in the second. Um, I can see that. Uh, it might have been because he's been wrapping around a bunch. So, Soto's, and I will get Soto's ADP here. Let me go ahead and do that. Soto's ADP, which obviously has not updated. There's been no drafts finished since he was traded. So I can just give you the latest info here on December 7th. He's 15. So he's right there at the wheel. A min of nine, a max of 34. Well, you're not getting that anymore on Juan yeah. Soto. But the lucky gun, son of a gun who got Juan Soto at 34 in a DC. Good for them. That's just DCs, by the way. But uh, damn. Uh, I'll take that all day. So you were you were open to taking him at that back half of the first round with Juan Soto. You got him in a second round. Okay, now the obvious next question is, does anything change? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think change. But I don't know if they change as much as maybe some people want to believe. So I think a lot of people are going to 
obviously take the dimensions of Yankee Stadium and, you know, plaster his uh, plot map on it, uh, oh, from dude, last I, year I, and go, I think that's look gonna mislead how many people. home runs he's going to hit. Wait, how, how, many would it, how, many would it, how many would it give him? I don't know, probably like 45 or 50. I, I thought it was actually insane. underselling him. I, I thought there was already people doing oh, that, I, being like trying to downplay the move a little bit. Because um, yeah, I haven't actually taken a look at it. Well, let me I pull. I'll pull up his a, his uh, savant. Do you not think it's going to be a big help for him? Are you not buying I mean, into I, that I, narrative, or is that is I it going overblown it, for you? I definitely think it will be a big help in terms of his power output. I see. Here you go. Sorry to interrupt. I asked you a question, then I completely cut you off. It says he would have only hit twenty seven in Yankee Stadium last year. That he would have lost eight. Now, I happen to think that that's, I, I, I'm of the mind that Juan Soto is going to change how he hits to where he's more of a spray hitter, where he's going to be open to pulling more at Yankee Stadium. So I hope people use this number and start a narrative that Juan Soto is not going to be helped that much by the park, because I completely disagree. I think he's going to feast in Yankee Stadium. I think he is too, but I think the lineup around him isn't as good as it's been in San Diego. Um, I don't trust that lineup to stay healthy at all. And so even though it looks pretty nice on opening day, or it may look pretty nice on opening day, I'm, I'm worried about what the lineup around him is going to look like come August 3rd. Uh, but you were taking that, him late first round knowing that he could get traded, you know, yesterday. So I, I shouldn't change I think that he's much. just too, No, no. I, and I think it goes up. Like, I'm not saying like this isn't, like a plus for him. I think it is a massive plus for him. Okay. Um, because I think he's one of the safest players in baseball in terms of like, and what I look for in the first round is a safe player. Um, so I honestly think you have, there is an argument for him to go inside of the top 10 picks. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, once I am done with my projections, I think that he probably will be a top 10 to eight player for me um i just don't want people being like oh you got to move him up towards you know some of the elite hitters at the top of the first uh just because he's in yankee stadium well yeah because i mean i don't i mean he went 35 109 and 12 chip in steals for soto last year too to go you know top six seven you'd have to project quite a bit of improvement there that I'm just not quite sure we're yeah. going to get. I, I don't think he's going to go blast 50 bombs, but I do I think, think he's got a good looking, shot to approach 40. I think if you're looking at the ADP right now, and actually I should move to draft champions as opposed to just all drafts. Um, so if you're looking at the ADP right now, Soto is the 15th player off the board. Guys going ahead of him or right ahead of him are Harper, Jose Ramirez, Garrett Cole, Aaron Judge, Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, Spencer Strider, and then Fernando Tatis. I can see the argument of moving him ahead of a lot of those guys. Same. Yeah. Um, I, I can get to about eight, eight, eight nine. I, I get in the single digits with, with Soto I think here. Strider becomes the hard one for me to want to push him over. Totally uh, fair. D different type I, of build there. So I'm more open yeah. to somebody saying, oh, I just want to go pitcher first. Cool. Get your strider. 
Um, but you know, even Tucker, you mentioned you, you said Tatis, yeah. but Tucker's right there too. So like they're at six Tucker's seven. Tucker's thirty thirty though. That's that's all. Like for me, that is difficult to do, and it's not like I think the really interesting argument is his former teammate in Fernando Tatis. You know, Tatis mm-hmm. was an absolute monster once he was on the field, but he does have a long history of injuries. I don't know what that Padres lineup is going to look like. How long is Machado out for? You know, does Haseon Kim, is he able to repeat the magic we saw last year? Uh, I mean, no Soto. Like, what does that lineup around Tatis look like now? Mm-hmm. So I think there's an argument to move him in front of Tatis, uh, which would be the seventh um, guy. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, eight, seven, eight, nine. I think that's probably where he should be going. Yeah, that, that's where I'm at on Soto. I think is somewhere in that seven, eight, nine range. I'm also a huge Tucker fan, so I totally hear you there. And, you know, I don't know. I think it's, it's going to be tough to go too much higher than that with Soto. And if people want to get overzealous and put a Yankee tax on it, start talking 45 bombs for him, well, then you are going to lose me. But beyond that, uh, leading up to that point, I am in. Who did you take in our draft, by the way? You took Sal Perez. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I see I you getting, getting trap one of those there. catchers. I'm going to be going hidden for a while. I, I've got a lot of pitching. Yeah, you now. got a ton of pitching in this gladiator. Thanks to everybody who joined, by the way. This has been a fun one, mm-hmm. even though people have been sniping me left and right. Sullivan, the most recent sniper, took Cole Reagan's mm-hmm. two picks before me. Literally two picks before me. Absolutely cooked me. Anyway, not to be getting too bogged down on that. But Soto... Big move. Uh, I before think we, before we move on to the next guy on the list, you mm-hmm. missed someone on the list. Are we Trent, pouring one out for Trent Grisham? Trent Grisham. Uh, yeah, I'll put, I'll put Trent Grisham on here. I did mention him in the thing, but I didn't put him in there. Uh, hang on one second. We'll get to him. But I want to say with Soto, if you love Soto, and I do, I would take a couple weeks off of drafting him. If you're doing, if you're doing consistent fall drafts, let the hype smooth out a little bit. Yeah. I think these first few drafts, there might be people eager to, to jump him into that six, seven area. Let me get him back when he's in the eight, nine, 10. That's all I was going to say. It might not play out like that, but I'm willing to wait and, and kind of see where it goes for these next couple of drafts and then dive in. But I love Soto. Speaking of guys I love, despite the fact that they maybe don't deserve it as much as Soto, right? It's easy to love him. He's a fantastic player. Trent, Gish- Trent Grisham keeps my love despite uh, pretty consistently burning me. Um, you know, in the last two years, I've been decently bought in across my multiple leagues on Trent Grisham, and he was not horrendous this year in like a DC format, played all the time. We talk about how valuable playing time is. He went 13-15, but he hit 198, Trent Grisham did. 315 uh, OBP, 352 slug. He's talking about maybe pouring one out for him. Those who aren't watching on YouTube are missing your wonderful sign today, which says ignore episode 1229. Just go look at episode 1229. You'll know exactly why it said that. We won't have to get into it. Um, I'm worried about some other guys on the Yankees. So is it Grisham or is it the Florial, Oswaldo Cabrera, and those Austin Wells and those guys that you worry about? I don't know if Wells is going to catch or if they're expecting to put him in the outfield or anything like that. But where do you come out? Are, are you worried that Grisham is cooked or does he not look like a uh, potential starter? Because I guess we should probably only move the Verdugo move up. I should have just done that because it is all Yankees because he complicates this too. I think that's yeah. a bigger issue. If if Verdugo wasn't there and Grisham was just going, well, then I'd say Grisham was going to be the starting center fielder. But now I am concerned. So how nervous are you about 
Mr. Uh, Grisham's outlook here after back-to-back, uh, you know, 500-plus plate appearance seasons? Yeah, I think it's going to be difficult. Back-to-back, to back, to... excuse me. Sorry, three straight seasons over 500 plate appearances. I think it's going to be difficult for Grisham to get back to 500 plate appearances. That being said. Except, yeah. <laughs> Say it. So we just said it about how healthy they stay. Yeah, the, this team just doesn't stay healthy. So there's probably a way for him to get those plate appearances. And the Yankees made a concerted effort with these moves. Bring in Soto, bring in Verdugo, bring in Grisham to get left-handed get, bats. And get on base. Yeah, and get on base. So Get like, on base. Get lefty bats, and you know, with Grisham and I think Doogie um, fielding, right? Yeah, improve the defense. Uh, and I think the question really becomes I know they've said already that Aaron Judge is going to be their center fielder. Really? Like, I mean, you're paying him, might as well, right? You also want to keep him on the field, and I just true. Does, I want does right Aaron, be center? save him that much uh, maybe not but but maybe every bit. little bit helps to your yeah. point right I, i'm just i'm just playing devil's advocate on that i don't know maybe there is data i mean it is harder in center you have to cover more ground but maybe you know, the foul territory wonder, wall of right field might put you in more harm's way too so i don't know i also wonder if one of these guys not soto obviously uh he gets moved in a deal you know would they um, would they insta flip Doogie, do you think they could, or they just could. Grisham, or Grisham? I mean, either one. You know, like you know, if if a team had a spare starting pitcher, um, or maybe it's you know, the, maybe the don't hard give nine hundred pitchers, and then you won't need a spare because <laughs> yeah, they gave a bunch in the Doogie deal. They gave uh -huh. a bunch in this deal, and then the first two picks of the Rule Five were Yankees pitchers. So, like, I get that they have a quality of depth, and that they've shown that they can kind of cultivate mid-tier type arms. But man, they just lost like ten in a two-day yeah. span. That's their biggest lot. weakness has been starting pitching, and they just traded a lot of their starting pitching mm -hmm. um, depth, which is a little bit suspect to me but i mean i have to feel i feel like there are other moves coming here like either they're eyeing some free agents maybe yamamoto who they've been uh strongly linked to um or they go out and you know trade for a, a corbin burns or, or some i can't imagine uh you know glass now is on the table for them being in division but you know maybe a blake snell i i, I really don't know yeah. um what they're going to do, but they've got to figure out the pitching and this, this log jam now in the outfield is very interesting because I, while Grisham has struggled offensively, like he's so good defensively and he gets on base. He still gets like, on base. Yeah. He like, should be in a lineup somewhere. I do wonder if there's a team, maybe like my giants that would be willing to flip you know, a starting pitcher or even a, a good reliever for a guy like uh, Trent Grisham. Yep. I mean, they don't do anything, right? So I don't know if this would fit them. And they do have Brenton Doyle, who just won a gold glove. But could you imagine Doyle and Grisham in Coors Outfield with Nolan I mean, Jones? I would love that, but what pitcher? I know. And that, that's the part that it breaks <laughs> that, down. I was just yeah. thinking selfishly of like, where does his defense fit best and an offensive boost? So I, I was not finishing your prompt of a pitcher because, yeah, yes. I don't know who the hell they're going to give to pitch. 
you know, we'll get to it later in the episode, but uh, yesterday was a, a day of like mind boggling moves. Oh like, my God. Dude. What One exactly is happening here? Has me so angry, and we'll get to that <laughs> yeah. I think, toward the end here. Let's talk Doogie. Let's not give him complete short shrift here. He goes from uh, Red Sox to the Yankees. You know, not the first guy that we've seen this before, guys going, you know, between the two, the two huge competitors there, and he gets traded. Um, you know, another lefty hitter, another lefty hitter too, who I believe that like if you just transpose his data over a Yankee Stadium, uh, you know, yeah, it doesn't help. Thing you're going to be like, oh, that doesn't really help. But more, even more so than San Diego, Boston's right field for lefties is a difficult place to hit. If you can't wrap it around the pesky, then there's all of that space out there. And I think Doogie isn't another guy who's like an all fields type, bang it off the green monster, stuff like that. But now being in Yankee Stadium might be more open to pulling and saying, hey, I can actually get get to the uh get to the outfield now and get some cheaper homers by going to the pull field now i don't know if it's going to be some major switch and all of a sudden he's pulling at you know 45 50 percent he's currently a career 37 percent guy for verdugo pull uh to the pull field but i do think he could get a few more homers i'm not even projecting him to go up to like you know 20. his career high is 13 which he tied this past year I didn't get to 17, 18, but I'll take that with the batting averages he's put up, the decent runs and ribbies on the Yankees, because when they're healthy, I think they'll be a decent offense. But to your point, we'll see how long it lasts all year. Um, do you like Verdugo more with the Yankees or did you like him more with Boston? Um, I mean, it, I think uh, certain aspects, I like it more, certain aspects, I like it less. I mean, obviously a better park for him to hit in, like you mentioned, you know, that that right field in Boston's not particularly easy uh, for guys who don't have, you know, prodigious power, which Verdugo clearly doesn't. Um, my, my dislike of the move is where he's going to be hitting in the lineup. He's just going to get buried. Um, I am going to yeah. guess he's going to hit like seventh in this lineup, uh, which is kind of a bummer, um, especially because he was, he was kind of a sneaky runs scored guy. Uh, mm -hmm. For years, like he was, he was never really quite given uh, a lot of credit at draft tables, uh, and you know he's put up you know eighty one, seventy five, eighty eight, you know runs scored. Um, I think this move probably lowers that, and then you're not going to get a ton more power. So I think a lot of it depends on the price. If the price is pretty cheap, maybe I'll uh, you know dip my toes back in, but more than likely than not, because he doesn't steal bases or a ton of bases he doesn't hit for a ton of power and now he's not gonna have the benefit of hitting towards the top of the lineup probably is just kind of a i don't know a michael brantley-esque type player that isn't super interesting to me yeah i mean if you think the batting average can go back up to the 280s though where it was prior in 21 22 prior to last year's 264 with four to five extra homers could be there but you're right about the runs 88 75 and 81 for as late as verdugo would go in drafts he wasn't super late but he wasn't a high-end price either i don't know that this is gonna have a tangible effect on his adp uh he's 328 right yeah. now though which is really cheap so that's, that's kind fine. of the thing I, too is like I, I don't mind paying this even if it did go up 25 30 picks on some yankees hype i'd still pay that uh of course he'd then be around my boy jake fraley and you know i'm gonna go for Jake Fraley, who rakes daily over Verdugo. But, um, you know, I don't hate this move for him. I think it could be all right. I think he just kind of is who he is, and he fits your team. If you have a specific build going where you need some late batting average, 
I think Verdugo, yeah. go, go for Verdugo to fill that in. Don't ask him to do too much else. All right, now let's get into what went to San Diego. And unless you tell me otherwise, I don't think we need to cover much beyond Michael King. Are, are the other guys doing anything on the dynasty landscape or anything that you need to get off your chest about them? No. Okay, so Michael King it is. Now, he had that great, you know, I, I hesitate to even call it a breakout because it was really just getting going down the stretch run of the season. But it was that final push where he was in the rotation and looking really sharp. So the early offseason buzz has been Michael King's going to be a full-time starter. This could be a lot of fun because he put up those seven starts with 45 Ks in 35 innings and a 202 ERA and just over a one whip as well. Now that he goes out to San Diego, more, less, or equally interested in Michael King? Um, I, I think I'm more interested. I mean, it is a much better park to pitch in, uh, and I think a better overall division to pitch in because the offenses aren't quite as strong as, I guess, the other offenses. In might be neutral, the, though. You get cores. Yeah. You get Arizona. They're good. Uh, you get the Dodgers. The Arizona is not like amazingly offensive. Like they're sure, not. But like I mean, it's a good offense. offense, though. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's Park not. Park isn't same, terribly scary. It's on the same level as the Red Sox or the Blue Jays. Oh, like, so the know, Dodgers and the Rockies the would Dodgers be those are. two. Those would yeah. be the two powerhouses. Mm -hmm. And then they're the Padres. They get to go to the Giants. So even if y'all's offense improves, it's still a good park to go to. Yeah. And then Arizona is like a neutral to pitcher friendly park with like a decent offense. But they're also not a, a smashing offense. Like you said, they're more of a get a bunch of hits against you. And if he's preventing that, I, I don't think it's going to pose an amazingly huge problem for King. I do think the division overall is a win. Uh, avoid him in Coors as you would most guys. And I think you're fine. So. I like him over in San Diego as well. I do think it's a better park and better overall division. What kind of price change do you think we see from him? If if we see anything tangible at all, and I'll get you his current ADP here in just a second for Michael King. It is 157, right? Or 153 right now across all of the drafts that have taken place, which includes the DCs and the Gladiators. Let me get you just DCs real quick. One, 151 across. Okay, so pretty much the same. Okay, so round pick 150, is that going up, down, neutral? What do you think? I think it's probably going up a little bit. Um, there's no, I mean, the closest picture him is at 147, uh, which is Chris Bassett. I could see him going over that, but then you start saying like the next pitcher is Gavin Williams at 138. And to me, like, I don't know that it jumps that high. Uh, mm -hmm. Like, I don't feel like I think you lose some of the Yankee tax. Um, and while the Padres have been good, really good in you know the last few seasons or looked like they were going to be really good. Um, they're not looking so good anymore. I mean, Michael King he has a high likelihood of being their number two starter coming into the year. Sweet. Um, depending, depending on, you know, the health of you Darvish and Joe Musgrove. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, he's their three on paper right now, and then it'll depend on, on that. You're definitely right. 
So, I mean, this is not a good-looking team anymore. Um, so, I don't expect there to be huge tax on on King's ADP. And I'm, I mean, I honestly think we could see it drop a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't either. Uh, and I'd be chill with that, by the way. And I'd be totally fine with that because I do buy the changes that he made and the the gains that he made. In 2023, my big concern with King is he's never thrown a lot of innings. Um, exactly. Health has been and, a nightmare for him. And yeah, can he stay healthy? And so if it moves up too much, I'll probably be out. But I think the price is fine right now where it's at. And if it moves down any, I'll definitely be a buyer. Yeah, I, I think that's totally where I'm at with Michael King. I'll pay buck fifty right now. I'll pay a little bit higher. And then if you start bringing me down, of course, I'm de I'm definitely going to be getting more shares at that point. I won't go I won't go too many regardless of where the price goes because of the health profile that we talked about. Though he's had some really bad injuries, there's a reason that he hasn't been a starter to this point. It's because he hasn't been able to stay on the field and show them show the Yankees that they should be able to push him those kind of innings. And now, right when they were about to try it, they decided to trade him for Juan Soto, and they'll let that be somebody else's problem, which might be a savvy move coming off of those hot seven starts, his value probably higher than it would have been, you know, doing this trade obviously a year ago, that's for sure. All right, so then let's move on from the Yankees and, and Padres and all their stuff. And then talk about one that kind of hurts my heart. And I don't know if the Tigers were the other team, all we got, unless I missed uh, a report that he said who the losing team was, but I knew that Eduardo Rodriguez was down to two teams. And like I said, hoped that the Tigers were one of them. Don't know if they were, but we do know the winner, and it was the D-backs. He's going to the Arizona D-backs for four years, $80 million. Now, people that are saying, why didn't he go to the Dodgers then during the season? Because this is on the West, or it's at least the Southwest. Okay, well, you're stupid, like everyone else, because moving in season is a hell of a lot different than having an offseason to kind of figure everything out. So why would you say that? Because the original report was that he didn't want to have to be that Moving far his away from season. his home in season um, but i did not see the part about it being an in-season issue so okay, i i said enough. the same thing too um and i also caught the taking the l on it when okay people, so i've been uh, dunking like, on a bunch uh, of y'all yeah. um yeah go ahead and dunk you're seven foot eight like it's easy to it's the only thing i can do yeah yeah Just exactly my long arm over play there. some defense play some defense. no no um, dunk let me dunk but anyway uh, um yeah so like i get it right like because you don't want to leave your family maybe in the middle of the season right around mm -hmm. the trade deadline is right when school's getting going if you got little kids yeah you would understand that more than me right you're a family man so i don't begrudge him that i'm not even mad that he left go get your bag again that's why you got the opt-out just was kind of hoping that we could have been there and, and recent i i, I would have been fine if the tigers re-upped him at 480. i think yeah. 20 million a year for eduardo is completely fine um, but anyway, what do you think of him in Arizona now? Much better team, still a pretty neutral to pitcher friendly park and a lot better support. Are you uh, equal, uh, higher or lower on Eduardo than you were a day ago? Um, I think that I am just as high, if not higher, on okay. Eduardo. Green this arrow. Is, you're, you're moving yeah. up. I think this is just uh, park wise this is neutral obviously it's a a little bit tougher division i think um yeah. going from the central to uh going anywhere. to uh anywhere yeah going to triple a um <laughs> <laughs> you go to the pcl man your fucking yeah. numbers are screwed <laughs> but the infield defense 
uh, and outfield defense of the Arizona Diamondbacks are elite. They got they I th- think they had the first or second best infield defense by the numbers last year. Uh, they're going to have an amazing outfield defense because I think you and I both expect Alec Thomas to get a full season worth of run. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're a team on the upswing. They're a team that just was in the World Series. They're going to win a lot of games. This is what they needed. Uh, a lefty, you know, front of line starting pitcher to pair with Zach Gallen. Uh, like this is the perfect move. And the only reason I wouldn't have predicted it was because of the erroneous report that I was going off of when I saw this news. So um, I think this is about as perfect a fit as you can get for yep. Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, I love this move for him. I love it for the Diamondbacks, uh, which my Giants could have gotten him. But hey, you know what? One too. It's uh, uh, this is yeah, this is great, man. I you know pick- the places where I have him, I'm I'm just I'm already ecstatic. He's around pick two hundred, one ninety eight in the DCs. I took him at one eighty two in our gladiator not the one that we're currently in the first one we did um this will this will certainly go up i believe i don't mm-hmm. think it'll go up crazy 170 ish that puts him with jose barrios shane bieber bailey ober i have no issue with that that's around where i drafted him anyway um even as high as i think 150 if he joined jordan montgomery Jordan Montgomery's at 158, so right, you know, right around 150. And his new teammate Merrill Kelly at 160. None of that would bother me at all. I'll pay that. I hope so, he doesn't go up that far, but I, I don't think I have a problem necessarily with him going there. The problem is Yeah, he, he might not even creep that high because these guys are all sort of similar. And I don't think people are gonna see this as like a major improve move, even though I agree with you that it they may not be massive boosts, but they are check marks in his favor across the board, except for the division is a bit harder. I'm interested to see where he goes in our gladiator, which you were on the clock for as oh, we speak. That was um, quick. Those picks and went your quick. Your boy then. staring at you like 40 picks past ADP or 30 picks past ADP. Uh, oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I, I can't imagine you pass on him here. Are you trying to bait me into taking him? I almost took him, even though I don't need the pitcher. Yeah, but I know. I, I, I kept just, watching him just, go, and I was Justin like... Justin Verlander as my sixth inning pitcher in a 15-teamer was super, pretty super high. Amazing. Yeah. I tried to get cute, you know, drafting during the offseason. You know, maybe try to time some moves. My dumb ass tries to get cute and take Dylan C's a little bit above ADP. I don't think I was like some crazy stretch. I don't regret the pick. But quite literally, Justin, one minute... <laughs> one minute i made the pick i went back over to trade rumors i refreshed the top story was oh the white Sox are pulling back on dylan cease talks right after i took him because i'm anticipating the trade i'm hoping like it's anywhere he goes gonna be better than the white Sox. so i take him a little bit above adp let me get the jump and that news comes out the minute i take him i could not believe it so i guess if i take verlander here we'll look for a retirement announcement coming i guess nice but That'd i am indeed taking him he was Tops on my board with Jordan Montgomery right behind him. And so obviously I'll take my favorite pitcher yeah, ever yeah. over Montgomery. I just, uh, yeah, so, I assume that one. Yeah, that one's pretty easy to figure out. All right, so Eduardo, we love, co-signed that move. Let's get into our next move here. I think these last two might be the head scratchers that you are referencing, especially the last one, but probably this one too, because I don't like this one. Craig Kimball. It's definitely Baltimore. the last one. This one... This one makes sense. Like I get, I get it because there's a need, 
It's just who they filled the need with that I have the beef. I, I just, you know how I feel about Craig Kimbrell. So do we want to do this again where I shit all over him, but this time I don't convince you out, out of him and he kills it? Or are you not on him killing it again like you were the year that I talked you out of him? Because he's going to I Baltimore. Mean, I, sh I should finish the thought. Yeah. He's going to Baltimore. Uh, he's going to be their closer because Batista's out for the year. I know his numbers last year were okay, Justin, but it's a 1-3 homer 9. He's going to be 36. I just don't trust him. But what do you think about Kimbrell in Baltimore as the closer? I mean, I kind of love it. I know <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's, uh, it's kind of a perfect fit for him, right? Like, hey, this is a pitcher who is – you know, gets a lot of strikeouts, is normally pretty good, but has homer problems. Let's put him in the hardest park in baseball to hit home runs out of. And Especially as a right-hander. He's a righty, you know, giving him up righty-righty. They're going to yeah. have a hell of a lot harder time going yard on him. I mean, that's totally fair. You know, he his ex-home runs in Baltimore would have been seven home runs. He gave up How many did he give up? Year, okay. okay. 11. Four, so. Shaving four is huge. Now, again, yeah. that uses four the bat ball distribution. innings. Yeah. Yeah. That uses the bat ball distribution from last year, so it's not a guarantee that that's how it would go. I, I I do push back on those numbers sometimes just to not take them as Bible, but I do agree with the notion that that Craig Campbell should have a good opportunity to cut his home run rate in. I do Camden. I do have a weird question, not necessarily for you, but just generally speaking. Let's hear it. So it says on um, on Baseball Savant that he gave up eleven home runs, but when mm -hmm. I look at his splits on fan graphs. It says he gave up five at home and five on the road. You know, I was Making never me wonder if there was a game on the moon or something. <laughs> I was never elite at math, yeah. but so fan has giving up one it. less home run. Oh, one in the playoffs, maybe is that in there? And fan isn't counting it. Oh, Savant counting all of it. I think you're I'm probably on yeah. something there. I think I think that's it. So, I think you're dead on. He gave up exactly one in the playoffs. So there you go. So uh okay, that that would make that would make some sense. So so you like uh, this. Okay. What we yeah, need to do then it. is figure out his ADP right now, which is 233. It's definitely going up, right? Because he has a job now. Yes, ab absolutely. He's the are dude. we talking is he going up to like 170? Yanir Cano is 168. Do they just switch spots? Yeah, probably. Are you paying 168? That puts him around other closers. It's almost all starters here. Jesus. The next closest closer to him is Clay Holmes at 129. And then this is below Cano right now because that's who uh, Kimbrell is going to take the spot of. And then the closest behind him is Alex Lang at 213. So he was kind of on an island there, Cano was. So if Kimbrell goes there, he's going to fulfill that island spot. Or or does he jump all the way up, Craig Kimbrell, all the way up to the 130 area with Jansen and Clay Holmes? Do you think there's that much love for him now that he has a secure job on a strong team? I don't think he gets quite that high, but I think he will jump pretty high, maybe 150-ish. Okay. I think he at least uh, goes to the Cano's spot, which is, again, 165, 167. But I think those gaps are indicative of what the closer landscape looks like, which yes. is there are there are thick pockets that disappear. Um, you know, you are going to, if you want to, uh, if you want to have a second closer, you're going to need to pull the trigger a little bit earlier than maybe you're used to, uh, mm -hmm. especially if you're playing in a 15-team league. Um, now, obviously, in your 10 and 12, you know, home leagues, 
that may not happen. Uh, and uh, but in that scenario, Kimbrel might be one of their last picks off the board. I think, like I said, he they're paying him. He's got the job to start the year. He's going to be bad to lose it, mm-hmm. and that park will protect him a little bit. Um, yeah, I don't have a problem with it. I really don't. He's probably better than I'm giving credit for. Not even probably. He is. He's 24, 22, 23 saves the last three years with, um, you know, great ERA in 2021. That was the year I talked to you out of him. And then 375, 326 last year. Those don't kill you. Even the three, the 132 whip with the Dodgers, like that was a rough season. 375 and 132 ratios for a reliever are pretty bad, but it's 60 innings. It's not murdering your season and you still got 22 saves. If they commit to him in Baltimore, He's got a chance to push back close to 30 again, too, because they don't have as many options as even a team like Philly did. And with the Dodgers, that it was, he lost some of those save opportunities because he was untrustworthy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Cano himself is not that close to like stealing the job. I agree with you that it would take, and I know Cano had a great year, but he's still kind of out of nowhere at age 30. I think Kimbrell will really have to fall on his face to lose this job, um, I will. which isn't out of the cards, but. I I think you're right. He probably is worth going for. I will say though, I prefer him in Fab Leagues where so if you're like, you know, a lot of the early season drafts going on right now um are draft champions, are uh gladiators, where you can't make in season pickups. Mm-hmm. And you won't be able to get out from under Kimbrell is what you're exactly. saying. Exactly. If he's if he does blow up, which he can do. Uh, you have no backup. So yep. if you're, especially in gladiator leagues, right? Um, I mean, I guess in, if you're going to draft him in a draft champions, like I feel like you have to draft Kano too. Like you have to take I think you really, really should. In, yes. In yes. So uh, I, yeah, I prefer him in fab leagues where, you know, if it doesn't work out, hey, he's my second closer and I go find another second closer somewhere or hopefully the guy I took as my third relief pitcher moves into a role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's totally fair on Craig Kimbrell. Be able to get have an exit strategy. Draft champions, I'm more open to. Gladiator, you're just stuck with him. So he could be pummeling you and give you like one of those Brad Lidge, Sean Chacon type seasons where he puts up a 7 ERA and gets you 25 saves. And at that point, those 25 saves are not worth it. Yeah. All right. What the fuck is this move, Justin? <laughs> this is the one. This Jamer Candelario. And by the way, let me just let me just get at the outset. I have zero shade against Jamer Candelario. I quite like him. I quite, (laughs) quite, quite like him. And to be honest, if he is going to play in Cincy, I'm going to still be interested in him. So make, make, make no mistake. This has nothing to do with Jamer Candelario as a player, as a person or anything. It has to do with the team that they have, their reluctance of ever spending any money. They finally pony up a decent mid tier deal three years, 45 mil, and it goes to an infielder when they need that much pitching. Why not just, because by the way, this could go, there's a club option that could take this to four to 60. If you're that close, why not just do the 480 and go get Erod? I know 20 mil is a, is a, you know, gap there, but like it's in the ballpark enough that if you have that kind of money, why wouldn't you just give it to him? What is this move? Why the frick did they, the Reds of all people, sign Jamer Candelario? Make this make sense because it blew my mind when I saw it. Blew my mind. So I felt the same way when I saw this late last night, right? I was I was up late. I was uh and this 
deal broke, you know, at nighttime on the West Coast. So I actually uh, fell asleep and then got up late to like close down the house, like turn off the light because I fell asleep with the lights on and shit. Um, and then saw it, and, I, and that was what I had to see in a foggy haze. And I was like, I'll deal with just that shit in the morning. Right? Yeah. yeah, I was like, I'll deal with that shit in the morning. So yeah, like when you saw it, what did you think? You thought this is stupid. I, I thought this was yeah. I was like, what the hell are they doing? Um, and this just complicates everything because mm -hmm. you only can put nine hitters out there every sure? day. They could be changing rules uh, this I, year. I, I, I 12 do. hitters on the field. Uh, the more I thought about it uh, today, um, I came to the realization that the GM of the Reds hates us. <laughs> Dude, I thought you were about to have like a real change of heart on something and you were going to give me this whole big, you know what? I thought about it and I saw this. This was way better. Yeah. He just yeah. hates fantasy. He, some <laughs> fantasy dweebs have bothered him his whole life. And he's like, I'm going to get back at these losers. Yeah. He wanted to be in a fantasy league in high school and they wouldn't let him. He wouldn't let him in. And now he's all like, oh, you guys think there's so much fantasy goodness and the best part hitting baseball. I'll show you, dude. Well, yeah, I'm going to sign this guy that's, you know, a perennial 15 home run hitter. Uh, and he's going to take the spot of somebody who could be really, really amazing. Yeah, we're going um, to give him Noel Marte's spot. And, uh, you know, we're going to send Matt McClain down for a little more seasoning. Like, what the hell is this crap, dude? Yeah, God, I, mean, I, I think this. this, and this sucks for me because I, I took Marte in a gladiator already. I think this sends Marte down. For um, sure. There's no, like, like, again, with the team they have right now, Ross no way he breaks camp. Yeah, has Marte starting at third right now. I don't think he breaks camp. Um, uh, maybe there's a trade coming. Maybe maybe there is after all. Yeah, you know, maybe this is where Tyler Glass now ends up, or Dylan Cease ends up. Um, I because again, I don't, I don't think the Brewers are, are trading interdivision to uh, uh, Corbin Burns. Um, but uh, I still wouldn't yeah. vibe with this. By the way. I still would say then like, okay, if you're going to trade Noelve Marte in a Tyler Glass now deal, okay, well then Spear, uh, Spear, Steer plays third, CES plays first or something, the, right? Like the, the thing with this is like often when we, um, when we see a trade like this or we see a signing, a big signing and it, mm -hmm. it, we go, okay, who's the winners and who, who's the loser here? Like yeah. who's losing the playing time? And the answer to that second question is everybody. Everybody is a loser here because yep. it pushes Spencer Steer into the outfield, which you know hurt uh, adds more depth to the outfield, which means they're going to be switching off more. I think mm -hmm. you're going to see a ton of platooning. Uh, this is uh, an absolute nightmare, and I just can't imagine. Like, good for Candelario. I'm, I'm glad he got his bag. And I'm always go rake players. Yeah, yeah do your uh, thing in Cincy, man. Like he could hit twenty. And but if they, they are coming give in him another pillow contract, like he had last year, like they no, gave a him a four year three, deal or three yes, with a option. three with an option, uh, 15 million per, like he's playing every day. I agree. Um, and I think Matt McClain is playing every day. Mm -hmm. Everybody else on this roster. I don't know. Like I know, and I know a lot of people get or got mad at me for being like well i don't know if i can project matt mclean for 600 plus plate appearances because i it's a crowded situation and people are like oh you know he's gonna figure it out other guys will figure it out and maybe things do get figured out maybe a trade does happen but so far the general manager of the reds has said he likes having a ton of offensive depth 
He yep. doesn't anticipate trading uh, guys like Jonathan India away or Matt McLean away. Um, they're obviously not trading Ellie De La Cruz, but like a team that is usually like this, one of the sexiest teams to buy in on in a draft has become a little bit of a nightmare. It's just scary. Like you still want so many of these pieces, but your playing time numbers have got to come down here. And that's just it. It's like, I respect this from a real life standpoint. Well, I would respect it more if I thought they would spend more money like this. My worry is that this is going to kind of be like their big move. And that's why I wouldn't like it. But having offensive depth like this is good. And it will make them a bear. Like they lose somebody to an injury, they're just going to put in an absolute stud. The way they did this past year, right? They called them up. Instead, they'll be bringing them off the bench instead of calling them up, and it'll be the same thing. So that part's fine. But again, because they work with limited money, they're always crying poor and pinching pennies. I just feel like if you got 15 mil, how is that not better spent in an arm when you have the offensive depth that you already do? Like what does Candelario ad for 15 mil not enough it's just not the right bang for bucks so i, I mean i think you're right like give five million dollars more and go get it all day i would you i would have lauded that move even though that would hurt uh erod's fantasy universe uh, uh outlook i wouldn't care i would laud that move for cincy i would think that that'd be a I huge mean, go move for that get another big pen arm like i just like mm-hmm I that'd be I even better too. I I think that I think that's where they should have uh, should have spent this money, but I just don't get it. I really really don't like. I can't make um, sense of it. it. Now, if another move comes, we'll do our mea culpa and say, okay, we didn't know that move was coming. Okay, but as it stands right now, because of the way they're talking and saying that they love this depth, we have to operate as though they're keeping these dudes. And it, and with that in mind, it just doesn't make a ton of sense for me. And again nothing against candelario i hope he absolutely cooks in cincy speaking of candelario like what does this do for you with him uh where's he going currently 279 how much do we think this really raises him probably not that much for the same reasons that we're outlining right that people are scared and uncertain uh, i'll tell you what his ex home runs would have been in cincinnati he had okay. 22 home runs <laughs> you ready yeah 30. oh damn dude maybe he does skyrocket i took him 299 in our first gladiator you know just a guy who's gonna play i figure wherever he goes he's gonna play every day i'm definitely not getting him at 299 anymore are you paying let's say he starts going with like ryan mcmahon who went two who goes two i'm taking ryan mcmahon every day <laughs> I just me too what about uh, michael garcia at 230 or jamer i mean i think that is just a matter of like what do you need you know, yeah, speed. so that's think, a two-round jump. What about Brandon Drury at 241? You know, I got to I think that's Brandon Drury. I, I think that's a pretty good kind of player comp in terms of like what I agree for a fantasy team, right? Both and we saw what eligible. Drury did in Cincy, remember? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Remember how great he was there? Like that's where this breakout for Drury basically started. I think you so. got to go Candelaria there, right? Yeah, Cincy over LA. Yeah, yeah. I love jury, but you're right. It, you, you switched me. I'm on candy. I'm on because the hard man. part is like, yeah, he's gonna hit for more power. He, he I, I just can't imagine 30 bombs, but he's gonna hit. For I'd be more, surprised. Yeah, I'd be really surprised with 30 bombs because he's not gonna play all his games in Cincinnati, right? He's got to play on the road sometime. Um, mm -hmm. But 
like does he does the extra power sacrifice some of the batting average that he's sometimes had right mm-hmm. like one mm-hmm. of the things that made him so valuable last year was the 22 home runs came with a 251 batting average but the year before in detroit he hit 217 so like <laughs> that was a rough he, year yeah like does he does he end up yeah he's gonna be an interesting one i wonder if i've done his projection i probably have I was, let me go check what positions have you done? Because he plays first and third. I've done second and some of first. So you might have him if you've done some of first. Of course, I haven't done his yet. Of course, yeah. you haven't, not yet. But, um, you know, again, great park does help. Price will go up a little bit. I don't think Candelario becomes cost prohibitive. I would pay in that 240 area uh, or the 230 area that Michael Garcia is going. I agree with you that I stopped short of a 220 pick, which is where McMahon went, who I also took in that earlier gladiator that we did. We just happened to be landing on a bunch of guys that I, I had already taken in that, in that draft. But again, I'm not going to get candy at the 299 price that I paid last time around. I, I probably won't take him again, by the way. I don't, you know, you guys know I've talked on the show millions of times that I'm not afraid to necessarily load up on guys that I like. In Gladiators, I will spread the risk a bit more just because it is so risky. Mm-hmm. To, you know, you load up on a guy across seven Gladiators, he goes out in the first week, you know, like that hits seven teams or however many you're doing. So yeah, that can be very yeah. scary there. Uh, but okay, Candy to the Reds. For some reason, let me do one refresh here on trade rumors. Nothing else coming. So I think we're good right now. Again, just kind of a quick and easy little uh, under an hour uh, moves breakdown here. We got another episode coming tomorrow where we'll have another topic. But I think we'll just do the opposite of what we did on Monday, which is the ADP fallers of late and um, and see who's moving down the board. And if we uh, if we want to if there's any buying opportunities there or if we agree with the guys that are moving down. So, Justin, we'll talk again very quickly tomorrow. So thanks for jumping on and I'll talk to you later. Take it easy.